Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. And we're live. Hey, everybody. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. We are doing a quick hit for... What show are we doing a quick hit for? Alpharetta, night two, July 15th. That was yesterday. Um, I, my name is Jonathan. I'm here with Brian and Megan. And uh, you guys hopefully are here too with us in some way, live or on the internet podcast format, because we do that. This is still a podcast, right, guys? Last time I still checked. podcast. Is it, cool. is it a... Is it a vodcast? Is it a vlogcast? Is it a video oh, podcast? No. I don't know what it is. Is don't it a try television to get that show busy. at this point? <laughs> I've never even I heard mean, some of those terms. This is exciting. I, I didn't I even get watched, makeup before this, you know? I watched yesterday's Quick for yourself on my television because I couldn't attend because I was So driving. it was a TV show. To me, it was oh. a TV show. Yeah, I was on TV yesterday? Wow. Yeah, you were on TV. Did you Fighting. know that? Yeah, no, cool. I'm excited about that. That was like my dream. Are you guys excited to talk about last night's fish concert? I am. I thought just broadly, uh, there was a really interesting contrast that I heard between last night and night one that I'm excited to dive into. I right. love the set listing. This tour has been really interesting and I'm, I'm really fascinated by what they did last night. Um, that we'll, we'll get to It's It was, it was a fun show oh, yeah. to spin. We definitely will get to it. Um, I think we should probably start off with the whole like reminder to everybody that um, you know we have uh, like a Osiris Premium, and everybody can go to OsirisPod.com and sign up for that and get like ad-free episodes, our bonus episodes, and all kinds of great stuff. And I just want to make sure everybody knows about that. Uh, if you don't, I don't know why, because we, we, I think, spend a fair amount of time talking about it periodically. 
We say it every episode. Every episode. So, <laughs> and, and we have done so once again. So, uh, and the bonus Let's, episodes uh, are super fun too. Yeah, They're really yeah. fun. We talk about cool stuff. We talk about books we're reading uh, and cool favorite stuff? music. Okay, maybe nerdy stuff, but it's fun cool though. We have stuff. a nice time. Yeah, nice yeah, time it's really fun. There are no rules. There are no mm-hmm. guardrails to the bonus episode. There's no time restriction. There's no such yeah. thing as a quick bonus episode. Although they are fairly quick, you know, we're not yeah, we're not asking fun. too much of your time, you know. But they're fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really we're not fun. we're not always driving out for ninety minutes or whatever, like some of these quick hits. Um, no, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> that is, is purely a shot across Brian's Jonathan. bow, and I apologize for Listen, just taking it there early. You guys had a lot to say. Thirty-five minutes, thirty-five minutes for an okay. epic show. Not, you know, come on. Like I thought, we actually did a really concise job. Uh, I won't take a sight, but you did a great job. You broke it down. You <laughs> said what had to be said, and I great. enjoyed listening to it. So, I will just say I have five points about last night, and if I make another point, I blame both of you. <laughs> okay. I'll take okay. it. Okay. Well, I'm hoping uh, to get you to seven at least. There you should, go. We, should we get into it? You guys did like the Atlanta history yesterday, so we don't really have to talk about that. We can just get it. right into the meat of this show, which has everything except for meat. They did not play meat last night, but they did <laughs> um, kick off the first set kind of old school with a runaway gym foam combo. Set your soul free, Fluffhead and everything's right, Esther and the Golgi. Um, I'd like to point out, because I've been tracking this and kind of briefly commented on it the other day, uh, these sets were very consistently at about 75 minutes. And they've been doing that this whole tour. I looked back and they kind of tinkered, toyed with that on the spring tour. But a couple of shows went, some of the sets went a good bit longer. So, and in the fall, there was no real evidence of pattern here. But now we're really consistent and it's kind of unlike fish in some way, some respects. But I, I dig it. It's working. But I, but I and, think that's kind of like speaking to this like, intentionality about set listing they're obviously thinking about how long these sets are they want to do these longer encores i think trey is really thinking about these set lists they're making like nod backs like a gym foam opener like you know 55 times all like 91 92 93 94 like this is you know what that is and then Mm -hmm. again rift tweezer in the second set too like kind of a a nod back and they haven't done either of those for a long time so it's exciting i think i think trey's really thinking about set listing I, I seem to recall in 2013, um, there was a re- the, at least that summer tour. There was a very uh, there was a tightening of the rotation, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of classic songs and a lot of classic pairings. 2013 was obviously the last. It was 10 years ago. That was the 30th anniversary. It would seem that these anniversary years, at least from the outside. Um, strike a sense of nostalgia in the band. What is yeah. interesting as well, and I thought about this with last night's first set, you have four Junta songs, which yeah. I did not have the time to go through every set list to see when was the last time four Junta songs were played in at the same set. But I'm willing to wager without any information that it's been years and it's been a significant mm-hmm. amount of years, um, especially with the amount of impact that has been on uh, all the new songs over the last five years, plus just the simple fact that there were a lot of songs written between Junta and the present time period of whenever they played a show. So that felt unique, but also the two striking moments of exploration in the first set were off of relatively new songs set your soul yeah. free everything's right it felt like this interesting balance between 
old classic fish and living in this zone of you know a song like runaway jim foam that that pairing that was from the early 90s like you guys were talking about but then you know foam and esther and fluffhead these compositional songs um Golgi apparatus a very classic set closer throughout the mid 90s and into the late 90s it just it felt like uh you were living in kind of fish uh nostalgia in a sense but not like nostalgia just like in like for nostalgic sake it felt yeah, like we were living in the that word it's so loaded yeah it just it, it, it was it was uh it felt like you were living in the zone of 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 enduring fish creativity that that resides in when they were 18 19 20 years old but then even today where songs like set your soul free and everything's right really push the band for uh further in, in a really cool way well, I, I thought doing it was nostalgia right. You know, I think it's like when you're going to play your classic compositional songs, songs that are so challenging to play, like Fluffhead and Foam and Esther and Golgi, and even like playing songs like Golden Age, which are really, you know, complicated lyrically, and you're playing them perfectly. Like that to me shows that you're able to like nod back to that time, but then you're also going to, yeah, take these new songs and like place them in the perfect spot and run with them. It's just, mm. it's, I think it's just perfect. Like they're using their new songs as inspiration for jams and then they're taking their old songs and playing them just like perfectly. It's exciting. Well, the, the fish.net has this cool feature for every show, the debut years they chart it out and then they give mm-hmm. you an average. And so they, I mean, this show really spanned, but centered on 1997 as the, yeah. mm. uh, even though there was nothing from the late nineties actually in this show, it was all early or 3.0, including a bunch of, you know, like four late 3.0 songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, really well played. Brian, to your point, um, Everything's Right and Set Your Soul Free were kind of the bigger jams of this set. But Runaway Jim, right out of the gate, had a little bit of exploration. They stretched oh, yeah. it a hair. And uh, you, you could tell, if you didn't know from the previous nights, that we were in for something good um, right there. And... Yeah. Uh, and it was funny because when they went into Esther, because I've been mindful of this timing thing, uh, I was like, oh, they have 15 minutes left. So Esther and then something. And they finished Esther and it was five minutes left. And Trey jumps into Golgi at like a breakneck pace and they <laughs> got it in there. Um, and it was it was great wrap up to a really, I thought, a really great first set. Do you guys have uh, specific highlights you want to speak to? No, I mean beyond. I, I think the, the the moment I enjoyed the most from um, uh, set one was the set your soul free. It was just the jam that really connected to me. Good I think your, your point about the runaway gym is is apt. That felt like they entered that kind of dissonant territory that we heard so much the night prior. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of speaking to a larger point I got about this show was this sense of it was kind of this bright. It was this bright old school contrast to night one, which felt very dark prodding experimentation and it kind of speaks to not necessarily from an atlanta history standpoint but um three night runs in fish history you definitely get these like different variations of the band night to night in this kind of connected overarching you know people will speak about whatever the alpharetta run ends up feeling like after tonight for years to come and you you get this very clear after two nights night one 
especially in that second set, it's dark, it's, 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 it's experimental, it's weird, it doesn't make sense at times in a really good way. Night two feels like we're, you know, dancing in a field, you know, at Arrowhead or something like that. And, and that set your soul free. Um, it felt like you were ice skating, but like in Miami, you know, where they like make an ice, you know, an ice rink and like there's Christmas lights everywhere. It was very bright, but it was but sunny you're and beautiful. You're wearing shorts. It was just, yeah, it was like skiing in a t-shirt. It was gorgeous. That's the best. Yeah. I really love that set your soul free jam. It was only like a little over 14 minutes, but this like, there's an effect that Mike was using like about five minutes in. It was really deep and monster sounding. And Trey's playing these like funky spacey notes. And the interplay between the two of them in that section was just so cool. And then you hear Paige come in with the synths. I thought it was really nice. It, it was just like a perfect little first set jam, I felt like. And I also think it's just cool that they're playing Esther like a little bit more. Like, you know, they played it four times last year. But like pretty rare prior to that, like I only got yeah. my first one last year at MSG in the spring. So, you know, it's it's a song that they're kind of like bringing back that just always reminds me of a classic fish. And I think that they're even though this set list is so interesting on paper, it still flowed really well. Yeah, it's a nice beloved tune. Mm -hmm. Keep it. Don't they don't need to play it every every night, you know, they, but yeah. once once a year, twice a year, three times four last year that's crazy yeah uh, that's wonderful because it's such a great little tune um some pages piano solos through that oh. uh, are are worthy of note because of course trades yeah. are good we know about that but let's just point out the page <laughs> sounds beautiful on esther and uh um well let's get in let's talk about this uh second set shall we uh you guys have let's touched on a couple of the highlights here uh rift into tweezer uh, shout out RJ. It was it RJ or was it you, Brian, who called the tweezer in our text thread for, for was last RJ. night? I'm the one who <laughs> said, no, it'll be Sunday. So of course it was, <laughs> it was last night. I did that on purpose because I knew I'd be watching, uh, into golden age. I always wanted it this way back into tweezer for a moment into Harry hood, the encore, a life beyond the dream tweezer reprise, big black furry creatures from Mars. Um, I also want to take credit for calling I Always Wanted It This Way in my pick five. It is the only song they played that I picked, and that's good because <laughs> I think I was, other than that song, being a little cynical in my my picks. Um, so, uh, yeah, guys, what's your, I have a guess, but what's your highlight from this set? <laughs> Should we yeah, just I mean, to me, to me, the big, the big standouts, obviously, are the tweezer, and I always wanted it this way. This song, like, I'm, like, loving the jams out of the song, and it just, it's been going really fun places. Like, I think they played it at MSG over the New Year's run, and it was just, like, so great. But this tweezer, yeah, it's just, it's great. I mean, it surprised me at its length. Like, listening to it, it doesn't sound like a 30-minute tweezer. It just goes by pretty quick. But I really love when it gets like really delicate and quiet at like nine minutes in and Paige lays down like this one like really swirly synth and it's that kind that makes you feel like you're like riding really slowly on like a merry-go-round when you're kind of like spinning and it <laughs> sends us like into this beautiful section and that's my favorite place when tweezers go really delicate and really beautiful. Trey's playing absolutely gorgeous notes and then Trey starts like looping notes and it gets really dancey and funky and then Paige brings back the synths and that's when Trey brings in like his Jedi effect and they're layering like really funky riffs and it's just super fun, really dancey. And then the peaks have just like 
really gorgeous, long, sustained notes and has like a dark thrashing ending. So it's like a perfect kind of tweezer journey. It's fun. Brian. Yeah, the tweezer, I need to give a second spin to um, it it kind of felt like a watercolor painting. Like it just is like this like smear of ideas and it doesn't really have any sort of peak. They kind of go for a peak a couple of times. And um, I think that the, it, it felt to me like the mood of the jam was more, let's just play and let's just like yeah. go, like keep going without um, like when I heard the Ruby waves and I've listened to that, I think like four times now, cause I loved it. It felt like every section was like this defined, end point and then it jumped into a new section mm-hmm. and this felt less like that this felt more um almost like band practice in a cool way where like you're yeah. just hearing them just play without a ton of urgency um it's very melodic driven um I, I need to like again i need to go back and listen to it because my big highlight of the set was i always wanted it this way which has been yeah. long one of my favorite songs that the band has played over the last 10 years i think it's one of the freshest sounding songs that they debuted uh, back in 2016. There's been some excellent versions. Obviously, the um, uh, what was it? Mexico 2019, I believe, had a really good version. Um, Megan, you referenced MSG. I feel like Vegas 2021 had a really good version as well. Um, it just it somehow finds itself like it has a groove that you would think would lock them in that groove and somehow Mm -hmm. they break out of that with a lot of ease that always blows me away. And this one kind of like what I was talking about in the first set, you know, that sense of that brightness, the, the happiness that, that it comes from this show versus night one's really dark kind of prodding experimentation. Um, you really felt this at the tail end of, I always wanted it this way. And the way that it moves right into tweezer and then tweezer, the return to tweezer and then tweezer picks up that groove again, peaks that, um, before going into what was it hood after that? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a really nice segment of music that um again uh i say this not you know uh critically like it felt nostalgic in a way that it felt like we were we're in fish land right now but it also is coming off of a brand new song you know relatively new song at this point in time yeah so i i i'm curious to to hear your thoughts on this tweezer in you know week month and i hope we have Mm -hmm. an opportunity to really dig into it again with you brian because i know you uh were occupied last night and you listened to it this morning so i watched last night i listened to it again this morning i don't think you're wrong either though i i I just think that as as will happen you may develop uh additional thoughts i feel like this tweezer uh it had a couple very significant places that it went uh one is the extremely uh melodic major key jamming where i think fish.net has it labeled as a lion sleeps tonight jam from oh, trey yeah. mm-hmm. he's from trey eh, i mean i he's playing it's like a in flirt that with same a tease, mode i don't really tease. think he's playing that uh i didn't really hear him complete the melody but maybe maybe he does uh but that the space that they occupy they stay there for a couple minutes feels like it's really beautiful there's also an, another point where they break into um it's just a peak, uh, but it's not a high peak. It's just a, this point they they drop into where Trey just has all his delays pinging, and Page hits his, and everybody uh, fish lays out for a second, and it's just amazing ping ponging delays, and then they drop into the next passage, and uh, absolute 
kind of master work from fish. It did. It felt effortless. Yeah. It didn't like, it didn't struggle to reach the next phase of the jam at any time. It was, uh, I, it was really enjoyable. And to your point earlier, Meg, I agree. It was completely felt so much shorter in my re-listen today that I, even though I consciously knew how long it was. Um, <laughs> and last night when I was watching it, I wasn't watching the clock. I had to go back and look, how long was that? I knew it was, Oh, we crossed 20 some minutes. Um, and, uh, and that was, that was great to, to discover that after the fact and to have experienced it without any real TikTok. That's why I don't wear a watch. You guys just, you know, sometimes time is, is confining, um, Brian, I agree though that I always wanted this way. It, it's beautiful. It uh, it really hits a nice high peak. It's it's it is funny that this song that you know like um, what is page DM or it's everybody thinks it, there's a little yeah, <laughs> little EDM when they, uh, when it starts because he's you know hits some synth loop and kind of just you know hits these great grooves with you know it could be it could go into like a disco biscuits kind of space, but fish yeah. isn't the disco biscuits. That's not who they are. And they always break into something different. And, and I think this is a pretty, it feels, I haven't been back to listen to some of those other big ones that you mentioned, Brian, in a while, but feels a little bit towards more unique. It's very positive, very, mm -hmm. very beautiful peak. And um, also, I, you know, let's shout out the Harry hood jam. There's a little, oh, little oh, jam gorgeous. in there. It's, it's gorgeous. So oh um, my God. And uh, yeah, uh, shocking! They deliver a nice Harry Hood, but uh. <laughs> they've they've really, I mean, found this place with Harry Hood. Yeah. Where it, I think it was 2021 that they were jamming it heavily. I don't know. The years blur together. There were there there've been a lot of like big Harry Hoods over the last couple of years, but they they can just hang out for. 90 seconds in a non Harry hood, uh, uh, space. And it's just enough. It just gives you a taste. And then they go back to the peak effortlessly. It's really, yeah. really nice. And, and when they do that for us, it, the, the payoff is so much more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just a straight Harry hood without a jam is always good anyways. Cause the song is good, but when they break out of it and then return at, with, with the kind of ease that they did last night, um, it's, Huge. Uh, Megan, do you have any th you, to add to that before I, I talk about this encore? Well, I just wanted to say, you know, when you hear a Harry Hood play this well, that's to me like the real test of like how good Fish is playing or how well they sound is when you hear a Harry Hood and it's, you know, you like I was listening this morning and doing other things and it makes you like stop and you're like, wow, this is just absolutely gorgeous. And that's what this one was. And I feel like all morning, the hoods. Yeah, I've been listening to lately that they've been playing. I've been like this. I think they've just really – I'm really surprised at the level of their playing right now. I feel like they played so many – I mean, I said this earlier, but I just really feel like it's worth reemphasizing. They're playing super complicated, you know, very composed songs. They're playing them perfectly, and they're jamming. There's just there a freedom and a confidence and um, – kind of an effortlessness that it sounds like they're playing with right now that's just exciting and I felt like the encore was really fun too life beyond the dream to me is just an absolutely stunning beautiful heart-wrenching song and I thought Trey's voice sounded really great last night in a way that is just standing out so much on this tour and what a perfect song to sing so well and then fun reprise and a really fun 
big black furry creature from Mars reminded me of last summer, Jonathan, when we heard this opening set two in Raleigh, just sick, unbelievable set. One of my favorites of the summer. And I love that when it starts a set and like it led that cool narrative arc from dark to light of that set, or it ends this show, right? Which is like, we're going to send you out with this just power, fun. I mean, everybody had to be like, just spirits had to be so high. Like I bet everybody was just vibing so hard after that encore. It's really fun. I mean, Trey laying down on the stage to play the last <laughs> verse of Big Black Fairy Creatures. Mike puts his mic <clears throat> way up high. So he has to, you know, he has to shout up into it just like, da, 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 and, and then Trey's <laughs> laying down on the ground. And, you know, it's, uh, God, it, I, again, I like to see them having fun. Yeah. And, you know, fucking around with the audience. And uh, it, it, it's great. Just great. Yeah, my last two thoughts about this 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 show are aligned with kind of where you guys are at. I think you know one thing we keep talking about the seventy five minute sets and whether or not that's a planned thing or that just keeps seems to be happening. It's a little scary um, to be a coincidence at this it's, point. It's happening over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> the one thing I really like about it is that it does um, it creates kind of an uh, all killer no filler type of set approach where totally. Eight, nine, ten, or you know, eight, nine songs maximum. Second sets with like five, six songs. You're getting the 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 time is being dedicated towards experimentation, and then you know the songs. There, there seems to be a flow ability that happens there. That sometimes we get these ninety minute sets that like end up flowing really well. Sometimes it turns into a little bit more recital jukebox, which is is you know for me personally not my favorite thing to listen back to. So I'm really liking how these sets are just compact full of ideas and then they're gone and it has this counter impact where it leads to these encores that have all been really fascinating and really interesting and you talk about the big black furry creature from mars this is something we've talked about thus far on these quick hits um, this is something we talked about at the end of spring tour that tour didn't have a ton of that fish humor and that fish humor yeah. speaks to who fish has always been and they didn't need to throw a big black furry creature from Mars in there. Like that's that, mm-hmm. that sh- tweezer reprise is the closer, right? Yeah, that's the end. Exactly. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's creatures how you is, it's such, it's Everybody gravy. probably thought it was over, but yeah. oh, people, people and, walk there. Are people who walked out when tweezer prize started, I don't know right, why right, right. they do it, but yeah. you know, they exist. You know, that you know they're they like, okay, got to book it. But yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, we talk, we've talked a lot about encores here. Um, an encore in my view can never like, it can never hurt a show. If they come out, you know, there's a lot of 97 shows that are bouncing into Tweezer Reprise Encore and mm-hmm. cool or Rocky Top Encore. Cool. You don't really need much more in an encore to to make a show, but an encore can add to the magic of a show if it's played in a fun, loose, energetic way. Um, last night, an example again here this summer tour of a fun, loose, energetic encore where the band is kind of like, hey, we got three more minutes. Let's just throw something crazy in there. Fans leave with another memory. That energy tends to carry over to the to the next night. So at the end of the day, just um I don't know, really the vibes from last night again felt very different to me from Friday, but in a way that complemented Friday and complemented mm. this overall run and this tour as it's evolving in the sense that it kind of reached into the past and brought elements of the past to the present in a way that I really liked it. I mean, Fish has so many sides that it's inevitable 
totally night to night to night if they're clicking they're going to be revealing different sides as they go and uh, and that's i think where fish is right now and i'm just absolutely thrilled that that was what the fourth night of tour i know and And this is where we can say this kind of thing yeah yeah. it's exciting it's It's good it's a good feeling to have right now i feel good me too. And I've only got two days till I see fish. So yeah, <laughs> I feel really good. That's going to be a good time. Um, yeah. I think that, that venue looks really cool, it's small. Beautiful. We're talking mm-hmm. about Wilmington for anybody who doesn't keep track here. And, uh, and I think it's, I think you're going to have a blast. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, guys, uh, do we have anything else we need to add here? Um, we got Sunday in Georgia. Is yeah, it Mike's song night? Finally, show. we get the mics Probably, through. right? I think we're going to get a mics. I think I, I will stand on my prediction from yesterday. I think we are getting mm. a, another oblivion before the weekend ends. It just I think that's fair, um, or maybe evolve. Maybe evolve. That would be very yeah. nice. I just I just noticed on fish.net they note that they uh, sound checked the well multiple times last night, which was mm. uh, late in night one of the Denver run, the Trey Trio run that was debuted. Really cool backing back jam that. off of that. Yeah. H- highly recommend people go out and check that out because it would shock me to no end. Uh, there, there'd be no shock if uh, they played it tonight or night one in Wilmington. It feels like that's a song Ooh. that is being prepped to uh, debut here very soon. I want to hear on Pillow Jets. I do too. That's my maybe I'm holding on to that for Wilmington. So I'm not hey, gonna put that out there. Don't push it too hard. Tight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no debuts last night for the first time. So maybe there'll be another one tonight. Well, they you know, as our predictions were that they would debut what seven songs? You and I six had or this, seven. that number. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. yeah, six or seven. They um they, they got to take a night off from debuts or, or they're going to blow us up. <laughs> and we, we have <laughs> well, two over 20 minute jams now so far. Now, Jonathan, what was your, so I said there's going to be 14 this tour. Brian said 18. RJ said like seven. Cause he's clearly a pessimist. I don't know. But what did, <laughs> what did you say? Jonathan? Was I on that day? I don't remember. No, you weren't. I was That's after night one. We, yeah. yeah. Um, so what is your guess? I mean, you, you have a leg up cause we already I do have, have a leg up. Uh, I think it's probably, I think the over under is 10. So I, I, I'm taking the under, I think they're going to do a lot of like what we saw last night, actually 15 mm-hmm. minute when we saw the first couple of nights, 18 minute, you know, they're going to go, they're going to stretch out, but they're not last night. It, I is still the exception to the rule. Okay. So your number is 10. My number is probably is under 10. I don't, I don't have a fixed number. I'm just going with the, under. okay. Cause I'm writing this down in my notes. Oh, uh, she's going under this, 10, 14, 18. We'll see where yep. we land. This will be fun. We'll see. Whoever, yeah. whoever wins gets a belt. Can a I, belt? can I just gratuitously shout out my friends, uh, with it, with the John T I'm wearing their t-shirt today. Cause my friend Scott, yes. he's the drummer from the John T and he is in Georgia and saw his 300th show first night and a hell of a night that was and uh and they and on that day on friday they dropped a new record so everybody should go check that out and uh good shit that is this is unpaid promo i i am their friend and i also (laughs) am their fan so you should check it out okay that's all i've got uh you guys any any last thoughts before we let everybody go sunday night in georgia let's let's get it you know gonna be fun after it see you guys tomorrow all right thanks y'all thanks everybody
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The, the Corner, Corner of Grace Street. Street.